Welcome, future doctors, to another episode of the Future Minority Doctor Podcast with Dr. Sulma and Marina, where we bring you conversations to empower and inspire you to contribute to your community and the world by becoming a doctor. Hello, future doctors. Thanks for joining us once again and for all the support you guys continue to give us. It is very, very much appreciated. Today, I want to talk about a topic that I actually considered exploring during my pre-medical school days. When I decided to pursue medical school, I remember coming up with a plan A, which was obviously to apply to a U.S. medical school. Then my plan B was if that failed, I would reapply again. And then my final plan C, I thought about, well, maybe I can apply to an international medical school like in Mexico or in the Caribbean. That would, of course, offer opportunities for me to come back to the U.S. to do residency. I had personally looked at UAG, which is the Universidad Autónoma de Guadalajara. I had even requested all the information and had it in in a file as well, just in case as a backup plan. Fortunately, I was able to get into a U.S. medical school, so Plan C never came around. However, after going through the medical school and residency process, I learned a few things about international medical schools that I did not know before. So today, Dr. Marina and I will share some info and hopefully will provide some insight if this is something that you would like to pursue. Now, I do have to say, Dr. Marina and I did not attend an international medical school, so we cannot speak from experience but we will share what we do know. We are planning, though, on having a guest doctor that is an international medical school graduate on a future episode that can hopefully shed some light on his or her experience. But we'll keep you posted on when that happens. Dr. Marina, during your time as a pre-med, did you ever consider going to an international medical school? Good question. I'm trying to think back, and I don't think I really did. I was barely even aware that DO schools existed at the time. For some reason, I just thought medical school means MD school. I knew about the AMCAS. I think later on, I did find out about them, but I was lucky in that I never had to really consider that as an option. I think that most students who find themselves considering international medical schools are the ones who have already applied one cycle and didn't get into medical school. So they they do start to look at alternative routes or people who know that they don't have as competitive of a GPA or an MCAT score and are looking at alternative options if they know they don't have the numbers to get into an MD school. So when I was in college, I was really worried about the GPA part, but I just barely kind of like had above the threshold for most schools, and I had an MCAT above the threshold. So I was really just looking at MD schools. But I have a lot of students that I mentor that struggle with those numbers, and I can completely sympathize with the desire to look at alternatives, whether that's DO schools, whether it's international medical schools like Caribbean medical schools. So it's an important thing to talk about because a lot of people are asking themselves, should I apply? to a Caribbean or international medical school? And what are my chances of becoming a doctor successfully in the future if I go to one of those schools? So Dr. Z, you have a lot of information for us today to help answer that question. Yes. So let's go ahead and get started by talking about the international medical school process. So firstly, it does have required courses, which are pretty similar to what is expected here in the U.S. So all the pre-med courses are required, like the year of biochem, ochem, 
physics, and then a semester of math like calculus. And then some schools, some of these international schools have additional requirements for specific courses, but that would require researching to see what the school wants. Then you have to obviously apply. So there's an application online, and then there's a fee with the application. The application costs about $50 to $75 per school in the Caribbean, and then there's about 60 Caribbean medical schools. However, there are about four that are associated with the highest opportunities for practicing medicine in the U.S., and these are often referred to as the big four. And then um, I also looked up to see for Mexico, for the Mexican um, medical schools, and those are about $100 per school just to apply. As far as GPA requirements, it doesn't really say you're required to have a certain GPA, but there is an average that tends to be about 3.2 or 3.3. So again, this is an average. So some people can get in with less of a GPA score of 3.2, and then obviously some have higher. And then in regards to the MCAT, the median score for the Caribbean medical schools is a score of 490 to 500. And in Mexico, um, just when I did a quick search, it looks like it's 485. So again, these are just like the median and average scores. Uh, some international medical schools, though, don't even require an MCAT as well. And then they'll also want you to have two to three letters of recommendation when being from an academic person or professor. Uh, you, you will have to do also personal statements and essays, and then they'll, re they'll request uh, for transcripts to be sent over. They do request a resume, and then an interview is also part of the process. So as you can see, for the most part, the application process appears very similar to the U.S. application process. Now, let us talk about some reasons a person may consider applying to an international medical school. So one is the higher acceptance rate. So over 40% acceptance rate with each application cycle, and the schools tend to have about two to three application cycles per year. Uh, they also require lower MCAT and GPA than the U.S. medical school. So just to compare, U.S. medical schools for 2021-2022 had a 36 acceptance rate. But keep in mind, this is just once a year. So this is why it's a little bit uh, more difficult to get into medical school here in the U.S. The other benefit that some students might find is that it has rolling admissions. So the Caribbean schools, from what I saw, they accept students about three times a year. Mexico tends to have um, admission cycle two times a year. And then say, if you don't get in the first time, you can actually reapply in that same year. So that's a benefit that a student might see. And then you also find out if you get accepted quickly. The turnaround time within the Caribbean schools is about two weeks. So that's really fast compared to the U.S. Um, it can take many months until you find out if you're accepted into a medical school. Another thing that I think brings attention to a lot of the students with the international schools is that they're able to do clinical rotations their first year that they start medical school for the U.S. medical schools that typically doesn't start until your third or fourth year, third and fourth years, I should say. And of course, living in the Caribbean is beautiful, right? Beautiful location, great weather. So that can be a positive. And then if you consider going to Mexico, learning Spanish, it's a very, very useful language here in the U.S. So that's obviously an, a plus side to going to an international medical school in Mexico. And then you also just get to experience a different culture, which will, you, you know, it's just, it's great to know different cultures. It, it makes you a better doctor as well. Now, the reasons you may not consider that this may not be in your favor 
um, there's a couple. Uh, one is that the, there's lower matching rates into residency programs. So each international medical school will have variable acceptance rates into residency. On average, it's about 50 to 70% match. Uh, some of the big four schools, they report that it's greater than 70% match. But for the most part, if you're just looking at a, a roughly figure, it's 50 to 70%. However, it's really hard to say just because not everybody reports these numbers if you look up the schools or um, in your researching. And then just keep in mind, this is compared to a 93 to 94% match rate that we see here in the U.S. if you go to medical school here. So that's a huge, huge difference. And then per the National Residency Matching Program in 2022, U.S. citizen international medical graduates matched at 61%, and then non-U.S. citizen international medical graduates matched at 58%. So just to give you a, an idea of the difference, um, depending where you would fall in that category. It's a pretty big difference when it comes to residency if you go to the U.S. Uh, medical school versus an international medical school. So um, 93-94% match rate coming here, that's, that's a big deal, guys. And then um, another reason that you may want to consider is just the cost. It's expensive. It's about, I saw an average $200,000 that it can cost you to get an education in an international medical school. There might be few that are less, some that are even a little bit more. While this figure is similar to the U.S. price tag, the guarantee of matching in residency is much less. So there's a risk that you can potentially carry this financial burden if you don't match in the U.S., and that's a lot of money. The other thing, too, with um, these international medical schools is that there's limited residency spots in the U.S., so even if you apply, there's a limit, you get that limitation as well. Few residency programs accept international medical graduate students, and if they do, they usually have a very limited number. So for example, in my residency program, there was only one student accepted a year that came from an international medical school. So as you can imagine, that one spot is so competitive, and then you're, you're competing against these other medical, international medical graduates. Dr. Marina, did your residency program accept any international medical graduate students? If so, how many per year? Um, I think they might have had a policy where they consider international medical graduates, but the whole three years that I was there in my residency, we did not have a single one. So I don't know if like they technically looked at them, but they never really made the cut or there was bias against them. I really don't know. And that I think was a little bit tragic because I did my residency at a place where we had a really big Latino population in one of the cities of Los Angeles huge immigrant population, huge Spanish-speaking population. And we could have really benefited from more doctors, for example, from Mexico that had had some experience both culturally and linguistically in Mexico, since so many of our patients were from Mexico. But unfortunately, they didn't. It seems like they didn't seriously consider most of them, which is unfortunate. And I think that that's probably something that happens at other programs yes. where they have a policy where you can apply, but whether you're likely to get in is a whole different issue. Yeah, I agree. I feel like there's only certain residency programs that will actually reserve a spot or save a spot for these international medical students, but they're very few. 
Mm-hmm. So then another thing in considering these the international medical school is that one of the biggest challenges for these students is that if you want to specialize in a competitive field, it's very unlikely to happen just because the competitive fields tend to uh, get students, uh, medical students from the U.S. So fields like if you want to be a surgeon, orthopedic surgeon, ophthalmologist, dermatologist, so those fields. And it looks like most of the students who do match, they tend to match in primary care as well. Another interesting thing, though, that I didn't know previously is that some international medical schools are not approved to practice in certain U.S. states. Therefore, if you're thinking about going back to your home state to practice, you need to ensure that your state allows physicians that come from that international medical school that you intend to apply to. So you'll definitely have to do your homework there. So I thought that was very interesting. And I did, I actually didn't know that when I had it as my plan C when I was a a pre-med student. And then you'll also need to score higher on your USMLE step one, and then also on your step two to even be considered. Compared to, if, uh, compared to if you attend a U.S. medical school. The USMLE pass rate for first-time takers in the Caribbean school is about 70% compared to the U.S. medical schools, which is more than 90%. So that's a significant difference, too. The student support systems may also not be as good as the U.S. medical schools as well. So the Caribbean school class sizes can be anywhere from 80 to 800 students. This is likely because they have rolling admissions. Uh, And it's hard if you're pre-med to know that that's a lot, just because in comparison in the U.S. medical schools, they tend to have about 100 or so medical students per year, some even less, some even more. So, you know, having hundreds and hundreds of students in your class, that that I, I could see how that can be a barrier as a medical student. There's also higher attrition rates um, with international medical school students. So the U.S. medical school attrition rate is about 3%. And from what I saw, it's not because they failed out of it. It usually has to do with a personal circumstance, maybe a medical reason or a family reason or whatever it might be. Whereas with the Caribbean schools, it can be up to 50% or higher. The big four schools from the Caribbean, they report about a more than 20% attrition rate. So this is something for you to consider as well. And then if, you know, as you're doing your research, if the rate isn't posted on the International Medical School website, this can also be a red flag that it's likely much higher. Another problem with the international medical schools is that the accreditation system is less standardized. So the type of medical school education varies from school to school. Uh, you want to make sure that you preferably attend an ECFMG certified institution. So um, just make sure you're looking at the accreditations for these international medical schools too. Lastly, the location. So I know I said before, it's nice, you know, if you're in the Caribbean, it's beautiful. But at the same time, it can also be a barrier. Being in another country may be difficult for individual reasons, right? Um, if you have health issues, uh, if family issues or whatever it might be. That, that can definitely bring a challenge. And then while Mother Nature can happen anywhere, the infrastructure of the medical school at an international city may not be as strong as it is in the U.S. So, for example, we know there's yearly hurricanes in the Caribbean. So if you think about depending on how bad of a hurricane season they have, it can lead to a loss of education. Maybe the campus closes. They don't have electricity. 
you need to change housing. I mean, it's just layers and layers that can create another barrier too while you're trying to get a good medical school education. Dr. Marina, can you think of any other pros or cons that you have come across with these international medical programs? Mm -hmm. I think you did a great job of summarizing the pros and cons. Like you mentioned, there are things that are good about an international or Caribbean medical school, but there are also other risks to consider. Dr. Zulman and I were talking about how we know lots and lots of doctors, just, you know, from medical school and from residency and beyond. And we know very, very few international medical graduate doctors. And I think that really just reflects the difficulty that is inherent in the current system that we have of being successful in getting into residency and then from there getting into a good practice situation. So it is possible. I don't want you to come out of this episode thinking that it's impossible and it's always a bad idea. That's not what we're trying to say. But there are very real risks associated with going to a Caribbean medical school or an international medical school. So just be aware of those risks. Go in with your eyes wide open if you're going to make that decision. Be aware that your risk of finishing medical school with a lot of debt and no prospects to match for residency or low prospects, I should say, it is possible that you will not match and you will be burdened with $200,000 of debt and then not have a job that's able to pay adequately to pay off that debt. So I just would hate to see any of you in that situation, but it does happen. And to be completely honest, like Dr. Z mentioned, it happens also to students in the U.S. Mm -hmm. Because even though the match rates for residency are higher, they're like in the 90s, it's not 100%. Mm -hmm. So it happens to people here in the U.S., but it happens to people from Caribbean medical schools and international schools at a much higher rate. So just keep that in mind. Um, There are never guarantees in life. Make the best decision that you can come to, but just make it with your eyes wide open. Great. So again, remember, we are planning on having an international medical graduate doctor on our podcast eventually, so that way we can hear from experience and maybe they can share some insight and some light just on their personal experience of being abroad studying for medicine. And then I'd also like to mention that there are many other international medical schools that I didn't mention today. I focused more so on the Caribbean and Mexico, just because these tend to be the ones that are sought out more, at least Dr. Marina and I get approached about. So just keep that in mind too. So I don't want people to think, oh, what about this other medical school? There's a lot of other international medical schools. And then I would also like to add that the accredited international medical schools do produce good doctors as well. My co-resident she was so knowledgeable and really, really smart. So it's not to say that you're not going to get a good medical school education because they are great doctors. And, and I speak that from personal experience in working with them. It may just be worth to maybe reapply to the U.S. medical school if you don't get in the first or second time around for the reasons that Dr. Marina said, just because there is that risk that you might have that financial burden. However, It's ultimately up to you to decide what works best for your path because in the long run, we all have different paths to our dreams and they're going to work out in different ways. All right. Peace and love, everyone. Bye. Bye.